This episode of Probably Science is brought to you by Squarespace, the all-in-one platform that makes it fast and easy to create your own professional website or online portfolio. For a free trial and 10% off your first purchase, go to squarespace.com and use offer code PROBABLYSCIENCE. Probably Science. Welcome to Probably Science. I'm Andy Wood. With me is Jesse Case. Hello. And Matt Kirshen. Hey, are you purposely going at a low volume now as a contrast? Am I, am I really quiet? I don't I, I'm, No, I, you just you, you just switched from the, the very abrupt Augie Smith. <laughs> yeah. You're also you're also Larry King in your mic. Your mic is in a weird it's your side micing. So you're <laughs> I like to be on the elbow sometimes. <laughs> yeah, you talk about suspenders. You're, you're definitely elbowing. Flavors of Vegas. I have a theory that Larry King would be like seven feet tall if he took his suspenders off. <laughs> like I think he would just yeah. sort of spring up. You know, Larry King Kong. Yeah, hey, there it is. He was. Uh, <laughs> I've actually read one of Larry. He has multiple autobiographies. I've read one of them. <laughs> I've read Tell It to the King because when I was a kid, I couldn't sleep. I had really bad insomnia when I was um, probably like fifth through eighth grade. And at that time, the only known cure for insomnia yeah. was a Larry King biography. Yeah. <laughs> no, I would. So I'd stay up late and I would just listen to whatever was on the radio, but not like cool, not. <laughs> Not whatever's on the radio, whatever's on AM radio. So yes. this is a lot of talk radio as a middle schooler. And um, it was, yeah, Larry King would come on at 11 o'clock. And if it got to Open Phone America, that meant I was like, oh, I'm screwed tomorrow. Because that meant it's like 1 a.m. and I still haven't gone to sleep yet. And I have to get up for school in the morning. But uh, yeah, so I, I, like, I listened to him so long that I felt like I knew the guy and I wanted to re- I wanted to know more about his life. Like, I don't yeah. know why a 12-year-old cares about Larry King. That's <laughs> yeah. also how I got into old-time radio shows because on Sunday nights they would play this two-hour block of old-time radio shows. I was really into old-time radio shows as a kid. No, really? Yeah, oh. I really was. What was your favorite one? I really was. Probably just like Prairie Home Companion, you know? No, I mean... You're joking. Okay, sorry. That was, uh, hey, yeah, you got me. You got me. You got me. All right. Uh, so the the we, best thing ever used to be USA Today had King's Things, which was just these oh, yeah. nonsensical diary of a madman, uh, Larry <laughs> King thoughts that just came out of his head. Augie Smith. Like, Augie Smith's hey, voice. this is Augie Smith, everybody. And it would be things like, uh, uh, maybe it's just... <laughs> Maybe it's just me, but the funniest man alive is Nipsey Russell. <laughs> what? That's not true. It is just you. It's For my money, the only thing better than an onion bagel is a sesame seed bagel. <laughs> okay, well. And then just dot, dot, dot. Like that's the end of the thought. Right. There's nothing more to it. Sure, sure. Ah, uh, Larry King. National treasure, Larry King. This has been King's Corner. Yeah, you're on Probably Science. Uh, we have some people to thank before we get started. We do. Uh, firstly... We haven't uh, started yet. We haven't. We so before we get started... Preamble. This is all preamble. Uh, but uh, firstly, and I think most importantly, because we completely forgot to mention her last week, uh, listener uh, Mio Ihashi, who is our Japanese-Australian listener, who first said she'd donate any time we got a Japanese guest on. Mm. Have and we not had a Japanese guest? We haven't had a Japanese guest, to the best of my knowledge. And uh, she suggested a couple, but they're all too famous for us to get. Sure. So uh, then she went, ah, screw it, and donated anyway. So thank you very much, Mio, and I'm sorry we didn't donate, la- uh, didn't mention you last week. And thanks, uh, we have quite a few Australian listeners, from what I can tell. Yeah, I think we're doing okay over there on the charts. I blame or thank entirely Will Anderson for that. But uh, but thank you, Australia. Yeah, if we, we can find a way to get over there, we, we're all about it. Like, it we, seems we like people take, take planes it. these days, is how <laughs> yeah. they would get there. Well, we're still th- looking into rowing as a first option. <laughs> sure, sure. <laughs> but Old school. That's the old yeah. school way to get yeah. to Australia. That's how this podcast would travel there. I mean, I'm thinking I, like a couple's paddle boat. Just make a date of it. I believe. Oh yeah, yeah. 
I believe as a Brit, I could still steal a loaf of bread and just be sent there. Mm-hmm. But you could always hide inside landing gear. How about that guy? Well, that is true. Oh my god! Let's go into that story in a bit. Bonkers. Yeah. Uh, who else do we have to thank, Andy? You have the. Oh yes, different. I do have a list in front of me of people who have been very generous, including um, Paul Clayton. Paul Clayton, thank, thank you. you very much, Paul. Uh, John Maldonado donated. That was very nice of you. Um, we may have already thanked him last week, but Jeffrey Robinson, thanks again. Um, somebody was testing what level of contribution would be considered non-generous, and they managed to hit it. Um, <laughs> so they're not getting a name mention. We will say that after the fees PayPal takes, we ended up with 67 cents. So uh, Yes. Good work. Good work. Good work. So that is a non-generous amount. Non-generous. We, have, we have challenged the listeners to find the generous amount point. We seem to sort of draw a line in the sand last week yeah. of what, when we're going to go with very generous donor versus somewhat generous. Although this week we're actually not asking anybody to donate to us. Um, yes. And in lieu of that, we would prefer that you donate uh, to the family of Richard Bain, uh, one of our past guests, a good friend of ours. Co-host, co-host of Probably co-host History. Of probably History. He's been on the show many times. Um, his his sister's family, was, their, their house was hit by a tornado in North Carolina this, this last week, and his, uh, his nephew passed away. Unfortunately, um, so yeah, you might have seen it hit the news. Uh, it was the North Carolina it was, tornado. It was big on the news. I mean, that was the first. His nephew yeah. was the first tornado death of 2014. Really? Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's really shitty news. Brutal but he stuff. He set up a um, a fundraiser account. We will link to it from probablyscience.com. It may surprise you guys. Comedians don't have a lot of money. Um, so yeah, we we would really appreciate it. We've donated. Uh, we've all donated personally in front of the account here, and um, yeah, we're donating from the probably from the probably science. science so and we would appreciate you if you guys donated, would. Some of that money is going. Yeah, anyone there, who's thinking so. about donating this week, if you if you can instead, please do donate to that. So fund. we absolutely have sixty seven cents headed that way. Yep. and anything else you guys could. <laughs> but yeah, if you go to probablyscience.com, we'll have a link up to where you can send money and um, you know think and just help out a friend for the rest of their family. Yes, yeah, it's really horrible news. So. Um, it's actually been a pretty uh, shitty week all around to, it's been, to be in Valley Village, to be in this neighborhood. You know, um, there's been a lot of uh, a lot of weirdness. Um, I for, well, well, I can we back. Haven't, we haven't officially re- <clears throat> we do. Augie Smith, you've been on the show before. Listeners should it's know been, you. Uh, right. Listeners episodes. love Augie, mm-hmm. and I was getting an occasional to, guest host of the show as well. I, yes. I was getting lunch today with Augie. That's right. And when I get Saturday Night Live, Augie's going to fill my spot. That's yes. that's how this we're rotating him mm-hmm. in. We're slowly training him. Uh, I was getting lunch today with Augie and could not turn on your street to pick you up because of the uh, a well, swath I was of police up activity by, uh, by helicopters, which is not odd in L.A. There's no. uh, there's a lot of helicopters in this town, and you well, never live in t- this little pocket that's supposed to be. It's called right. Valley Village. It's, it's called it's Valley Village, little, and uh, but also you're never sure in L.A. whether it's um whether those helicopters are police helicopters looking for someone on the run or whether it's sort of celebrities being transported or someone's just doing a helicopter shoot for a movie. Right, or, or it's just a car chase of yeah. just some guy. But this is a big one, everybody. Yeah. Old school, ready for this? Yep. Axe murder. We had an axe, <laughs> had an murder, axe murder around the corner. Around the corner. It was at the, uh, the Weddington Square Apartments, apartment 21, I know that, because uh, the, the wife uh, listens to the police scanner. I'm not sure why. That sort of <laughs> freaks me out about her. That's what your wife she, does? She, yeah, wife she loves listening to, listen to the police scanner. And so, uh, I, you How know... How does that, she even do that? Is that online? or is Yeah, that? you can go online. You can listen to police scanners. And she's gotten to know, like, the guys. Like, she doesn't know them, but she knows their voice. And there's, like, certain cops that are idiots that they all know are idiots, so they make fun of them. Wow. <laughs> on the police scanner. I did that during the... Uh, that When they were doing that Boston manhunt thing for those marathon bombers, I was listening to those scanners. It was yeah. nuts, man. But, but oh, yeah, if she the, knows them that well, where she knows who those sort of idiots are, 
if she gets pulled over by one of those at some point, like she gets pulled over by Officer Wilkinson, sees the name badge, and she's like, oh, oh. You're the guy that leaves his radio on all the time, and people can hear you, like, ordering hamburgers and stuff over the internet, which is what he does. So, uh, yeah, a guy uh, uh, axed his wife to death, and first of all, if you have an axe in the San Fernando Valley, that's a murder and axe. There's no other reason oh, yeah. to have an axe when you live in an apartment in the San Fernando in the, Valley. In the desert. Yeah, there's no reason to there's have not an many, axe. There's not many reasons for yeah. axes in the yeah. desert, you, aside from murdering. If you, you live murdering. in the mountains, go ahead, have an axe. Absolutely. Right. You, you can have an axe, you can grind it, you can do whatever you want with it. But if you have an axe <laughs> and you're in a, in a marriage, there's something wrong there. That, that should be the first thing you talk about and in therapy, he, is getting rid of the axe. I don't he, care if you watch porn. You don't even have a garage, so yeah. it's like where would, it would have to be like a living room axe. Like it's just leaned yeah. up against the wall. <laughs> like it's not in some other part of the. Maybe. Yeah, it could be his juggling axe. It could what, be his was juggling it, axe. Was it his axe, or was it the apartment complex break the glass, get the axe out axe? Now that's a great question. I don't even know that one. You may have something there because you know, they have those. In case you need to murder somebody, a lot of buildings have like an axe in yeah, glass. Yeah, it's, it's like that's the murdering axe. It's the, <laughs> somebody, a, lot, a lot of them have a murdering axe for it. Because let me tell you something. I have I I understand that firemen use an axe occasionally. Sure, sure. But if there was a fire, I wouldn't know what to do with the axe. Right. I don't want an. I want an extinguisher. I don't need an axe. Like blindly chop at the flames. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Right. Sort of fan the flames with the axe. I don't know what I would do. But sometimes you see an axe hanging out, and you think, "What? What's going on there?" Then you think, "What am I going to break this glass with?" (laughs) And then there's a little glass breaker behind more glass, Mm -hmm. and it just keeps. It's it's like like a mutroshka doll. Yeah, it's like a Russian doll. It just keeps getting smaller until you finally get that extinguisher. And then you use your can of axe body spray. To break open the glass for the axe. Yeah. The smallest one is just tissue paper that can be wetted with axe body spray, which lets you get to the thing behind it. Sure, sure. So uh, Is this the closest you ever lived to a murder scene? I, I can't. I'm trying to think. It's definitely the closest to an axe murder scene. I, yeah. this is li- first, I looked it up. My you first ever axe murder. Literally around the corner from your house. Literally like around the corner. 100 feet yeah, away. Yeah. 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 Where, uh, we could hear. We heard all this popping. I'm not sure if that was the concussion grenades when they went in because they. it was a hostage situation. And then here's why the guy's an asshole. Okay, you're an asshole for chopping somebody up with an axe. I think yes. we all agree yes. on that. Sure, yes. sure. Then he kills himself. Well, that's not Does even- he use the axe to kill himself? No. He uses the gun. Right. What an asshole. If you're really serious about this, you use the axe on yourself. That's so what I, I said. He had a gun, but still used the, like, went old school with the murder. Right, uh, yeah. I think, to be fair, the uh, the person died of gunshot. I'm not trying to poke holes in your story with this, uh, mm-hmm. um, uh, with this uh, rhetorical <laughs> just, axe. Just slash but, holes in um, Yeah, the person, logic. they were both killed of gunshot wounds. They, they, the, there were hatchet wounds first. But uh, and then like the third person who tr- came to try to help got yeah, shot. Which, in, well, by the way, very probably sa- never get involved. You never get involved. This is like the worst. Th- this is the worst thing I've heard happen in our neighborhood. The second worst thing was t- a summer or two ago on Magnolia Boulevard, somebody careened off the road and blew over a uh, fire hydrant, mm-hmm. and then knocked down a, t- a power line. Pole supporting a power line, so fire hydrant spraying up in the air. Water's pooling. Power oh, line yeah, is dude. in the, is in the puddle. The people in the car stay in the car and live. This woman sees the accident, goes running to help. As soon as she touches the water, she dies. Someone goes after her to help her. As soon as that person touched the water, right. that person died. And then these people had to stand there and watch that. Yeah, one of the people. Yeah, one of the people who died it was a husband and wife. The wife ran faster, so the husband saw her get electrocuted in front of him and. 
Yeah, he just hadn't gotten there first, so yeah. So is this the most depressing episode of probably it really is. ever? Oh, I, I don't think it is. I don't think it is. I think we've had more depressing episodes. We, right. we forgot to mention, like this weekend, our our uh, our backyard was host to a funeral because we live with people of that age. We live with people that are in dying age. Yeah. What, you had a funeral here? Yeah, one like of some kind of memorial service. But it was really it was just a it was just a get drunk excuse for everyone. Right, right. As far I mean, you guys know our roommates. We've talked about them. Uh, let me ask you this. Sure. I could see myself. No, I'm not saying I'm not the type that would. I'm not the type that would murder anybody. You know okay. what I'm saying? I'm not the type that would murder anybody. But if he kills her with the axe, kills okay. himself with a gun, perhaps he was trying to trying to build a fire. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Used thought he could use her. You know, then realizes he's an idiot. She's not flammable. Kills himself from embarrassment. Like. It is weird to go with two weapons like that. Yeah. Well, yeah. Why, why would you bring an axe to a gunfight in <laughs> yeah, the first don't bring place? An, you can't. Why would you bring a gun to an axe murder? <laughs> yeah. yeah. I don't know. I, I don't know what's going on. Here's, yeah. the, here's the better question, and this actually gets us into some science. Okay. Yeah. Why would you have a typical axe at all? Why, why, when there's why would you? a better axe. There's, there's a, a better there's axe? There's a better axe, Augie. Someone has built a better mousetrap in the form of a, a physics-exploiting axe that splits wood in record time. Um, this is a, a Finnish device made by inventor Hiki Karna. It's brilliant, man. Mm-hmm. It's really cool. Uh, it's called a Vipu Kirves, uh, <laughs> which um, translates as lever axe. So it's a combination of a lever and an axe. Usually an axe splits wood by just being a wedge, so all it can do is just the fact that the wood widens with the uh, blade right. being widened splits the wood. So it requires a ton of force to make that happen. But this thing, it, it, the, the blade itself rotates on the handle... And it has a counterweight off to the side, so it doesn't want to stay perfectly perpendicular to the wood. It wants to rotate as soon as it hits the wood. So, so as soon as it hits... So the center of gravity is slightly to the side of the point of, this, right. of yes. the striking edge. So as soon as it hits the wood, it also rotates quickly, acts like a lever, and it splits the log apart instantly. So you can just like tap, the whole tap, tap, log, and the log just boom, boom, boom. There's a guy chopped perfect squares off out of a whole tree trunk, took him... 12 seconds. The video is up. You can look at probablyscience.com. I'll have a link to this. It's absolutely amazing. It's amazing at this point somebody's building a better axe. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. That's what I was like. It's yeah. the most basic tool. 7,000 years, and then yeah. now we're, and it's get, not we're even, getting a better one. All it requires is the ability to have something rotate on the handle. Like That's the only real innovation. Beyond that, it's just well, having and, the weight and off the, to the side. Well, and the, uh, the dis- yeah, the but as far as like what, whether it would be easier to make this in the past, this is technology that could have existed for at least the last 100 or 200 years. Uh, it's not like something... I think way before that. Yeah, yeah. There's nothing in here that's technologically advanced. It's yeah, since, since the, the beginning of the... I mean, yeah, when we, was the hinge We've been invented? using wood for hundreds of years. The only, thing know, right? rotating, the only thing that would be... You're right, hundreds of years. Yeah, yeah hundreds of years. The only yeah. thing that, again, the, the wouldn't have been known a while ago. I don't know when the physics of moments of inertia and balance were worked out. Right, but I mean, levers have been a thing people have known about forever. Or, For, you know, yeah, certainly since, like... Well, I mean, the idea of something rotating around times. an axle is, you know, the wheel. Right. I mean, you, you think you could go back thousands of I years. I feel dumb now for even saying a couple hundred years. Yeah, it's, uh, it's something that could have existed for thousands of years. Has the wheel been around that long? <laughs> yeah, the wheel's been around for quite what, a while. What is this wheel you're talking about? <laughs> no, but here's the weird thing about the wheel. Okay. Is it wasn't originally invented for transportation. Really? No, no. It was invented for something new to have sex with. 
and then oh. and then it, it occurred to us. I thought that we it could was for the Price is Right. No, 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 no. But you can have sex with that thing. Yeah, the people were, right, these are right? old ancient casinos. That's always how technology goes. Yeah, it yeah. always follows the it, the sexual yeah. thing. Yeah. The first yeah. job yeah. was prostitution. The internet was created the first for... art was pornographic. Right. You don't want to know the, what the first, first axe was for. <laughs> oh my gosh, yeah, it was awful. Boy. Has anybody ever split wood? Have you ever split wood? No, oh, yeah. It's the hardest. It it's the hardest thing in the world. And then it's when the it gets stuck in, in the wood, you got to pull the blade back. Yeah, but it doesn't actually successfully split it. It's the worst in the world. But no more. Not with vipukur. Vipukurves. Lever axe, the Finnish lever axe. So I think we successfully... Uh, showing Augie the little video of how it works. The lever axe. Did we manage to successfully segue from uh, an axe murder suicide Wait, story into science? Was that, was that as seamless as we could get? Probably? I, think, I, think, I think it was fairly seamless. I mean, I, I, uh, I think it was probably a bit cheap of us to use it as a segue. Okay. I'm, you sorry. Know? I'm sorry, Jesse. No, it's okay. I think you could take off some of that guilt. You know, if you're feeling a little edge right now, I think you could, you could probably relax yourself a little. It, it, are you thinking what I'm thinking? I'm thinking. I, I don't know if I'm thinking what you're thinking. I don't know. I don't know what you have going on. I, are you thinking it might be time for a nice cold uh, Lagunitas? <laughs> I think Ooh. perhaps you could enjoy a Lagunitas, Andy. I, I think uh, you, still, you know it's hot out. It's it's a nice breezy it seems day. Blasphemous to be drinking a beer right after we discuss this. Uh, okay, yes, we're gonna do it. It's happening. Okay, have a so Lagunitas. Ex- explaining this to Augie. Okay. So if you look at it here, thank you, Lagunitas. So you hit it from you the hit side. it from this angle. But because the center of mass of the axe is slight, is around there, oh, so like it's the using side. Its so as it comes down, to... yeah, as it comes down in here, it it cuts in and then it rotates around that moment. So it pushes it, it, it levers it outwards in the split. I gotta tell you, it's amazing. It's amazing, amazing what those fins can do. It is amazing. I. So what's I mean, it is amazing to me that yeah we're we're changing the axe, which is like reinventing the wheel. Mm-hmm. The axe was probably around first. That's probably how they made the wheel. So <laughs> yeah. I'm thinking. I mean, what, are we gonna get new new forks now, or what else is out there? I gotta tell you, Jesse. People say they finish, but I think they're just getting started. You know, that's <laughs> hey, you truth. know what, guys. I, I think <laughs> when, when it comes is to this, thi- I'm just sort of very quickly. I'm thinking. Does it actually even rotate the head, or does it just turn in your hand as you hit as you hit it down? Well, let's get back oh, to talking about the axe thing, though, Matt, uh... because I I, I don't. <laughs> um, guess sorry, I just. Yeah, like it. You can bring anything back to it. Good mm-hmm. for you. Man. You can. You can. Um, yeah, I mean, I think that's a brilliant. Um, that's a brilliant little thing. Because speaking of things that have been around since the dawn of time, dancing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, have they? Probably been something people have been doing for... I don't know. It's been yeah. banned in a few towns. Again, I... <laughs> <laughs> I think it's been around for, for a minute. A mm-hmm. minute, as they say. Sure. Dancing Obviously, has. rhythmic rhythm has been around and, you know, mm-hmm. the uh, detecting syntax and things. Sure, sure. Would you guys consider yourselves good dancers? I am an excellent dancer. Really? People don't know that about me. It's a it's a hidden se- yeah, it's a hidden part of Augie Smith. I'm trying I'm to remember your wedding now. Dancer. See if I can picture any moment mm-hmm. when you were tearing it up out there. Oh, um, yeah. What I do, I will occasionally go to a dance club and I will take some scissors and a swatch and I will literally cut a rug in nice. the corner. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, I just people kind of look at me. People and appreciate puns. People dance people, clubs and people stuff, appreciate. So, yeah. I feel the dance club crowd appreciates some puns. Right. Yeah. So uh, no, I'm a terrible dancer, man. Oh, I'm the worst. I'm the worst. Also, I'm also a very bad dancer. <laughs> Who would have thought? We've all seen. Well, we've we've all seen each other dance, and 
you know, I saw Andy dance with someone once. It didn't look half bad. Oh. I always dance solo. I'm always over there just getting weird. Mm-hmm. Wait, a, wait, where was I? Where was I dancing? This is a uh, Bridgetown after party. Oh, okay. Well, mm-hmm. with enough alcohol, I think I can do okay. I, I had to dance in the background of uh, Birdemic Two. Have you guys ever seen Birdemic Two? And of course, I've seen Sequ- Birdemic. That's Two. That's where Birdemic. I recognize you from. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> okay. yeah, yeah. You get it. He's yeah. having a hard time. <laughs> yeah, a friend face. of the show, Bobby Hacker, was the. Uh, director of photography on that so he got to uh sneak a bunch of friends in the background including friend of the show dax jordan who flipped off the camera in one scene in the background if you pause it you can see him <laughs> um but yeah I'm, I'm quote unquote dancing in the background in a nightclub scene in that i'm off at it um and it turns out uh a group of evolutionary biologists looked at the science of dancing and they say they have figured out exactly which dance movements catch a woman's eye. So maybe all we have to do is Whoa. just follow these instructions. Oh, okay. We just learn these go. movements. Yeah, we'll exactly. be catching eyes in no time. And it turns out for male dancers, hips don't lie and arms don't matter. Researchers have identified types of body movements correlated with a per- perception of high dancing ability among men. Um, larger and more variable movements of the head, neck, and torso are key indicators of dancing ability. Um, legs, the speed of leg movements, particularly bending and twisting the right knee, are strongly associated with dan- dancing ability. However, researchers found no relation between arm movement and dancing ability. So, like, I am any all hand drive. Vogue kind of <laughs> stuff. <or laughs> you, fiction you are a very handy dancer. I find that you, you str- only use your hands. I, I take most of my dance ideas from Vegas magicians. Yeah. <laughs> well, this, this is interesting, though, because... What's the point of jazz hands? I find, I find that... Uh, this might be a weird stereotype, but I find that girls do go nuts for those river dance guys. Yeah. Michael Flatley does very, very well. I'm sure he does. You know, I mean, and they're also, I mean, they're obviously in incredible shape. uh, But, you know, I I feel like the Riverdance guys do pretty well. Maybe that's a, who knows? So, guys, this is next time you're at a dance club. Don't move your arms and just... (laughs) <laughs> come, come at women and just sort of bending yeah, your legs, twist that knee, move, moving your knees as fast as you can, and uh, gyrate the hips a lot. Just yo, they'll love it. Well, actually, yeah. if, you, if you want it, even go crazy for There's it. already girls climbing our fence. Just from Augie's little example. <laughs> I can't believe this works. It's incredible. Um, well, actually, if you go to probablyscience.com, we'll link to this article, and they have a uh, a 3D rendered um, faceless body doing good and bad dancing. And it, it's it's kind of horrifying. It's it's sort of uh, uh, the dancing baby from okay, here we have. late '90s Ally McBeal looking sure, sort sure. of thing. There's examples of of good and bad. Well, I think uh, what we have to do here is that Jesse, we should do uh, like a three minute demonstration of your dancing okay. up on the Pop probably science website. Okay, here we go. So the here's, can... here's the demonstration. Okay. So that's okay. some arm movement in there, but there's a lot of leg. This is the but good you dancer. Keep, you keep your elbows at your sides. Never move your elbows. Never. So not yeah. much of elbow move. Just the arms are more there for balance. These. This looks a like lot that, of hip thrusting. Like the bad guys in iRobot. <laughs> <laughs> the robots. That was the bad guys. Yeah, yeah. it was the bad guys. Was why they had it that wasn't name. I. <laughs> yeah. No, no, you weren't the bad guy, Augie. Because yeah, no, this is bad dancing. <laughs> this is the bad dancing. Okay. It looks more like yeah. just someone. Yeah, kind of walking to the toilet <laughs> in a hurry. Oh, the toilet walk! Yeah. It, it yeah. looks like a homeless guy, like a crazy homeless guy, muttering to himself, <laughs> right, walking right. down the street. A lot of well, tune in next week, guys. So We're going to be watching videos the whole time. We want to know how this study <laughs> was done, though, because they they did actually have to do next a study time to on America's Funniest Home Videos podcast. Uh, <laughs> researchers at Northumbria University and University of Göttingen uh, wanted to know what women look for in a dancing partner, since dancing ability, particularly that of men, may serve as a signal of male qu- mate quality. Um, but isolating specific dance moves is difficult. Facial attractiveness, body shape, and even perceived socioeconomic status play a role in how people judge the dancing ability of their peers. 
Mm. So Try to up- dance rich. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Have, th- have money falling out of your pockets more as you're dancing. Uh, so the researchers set up an experiment as follows. They recruited 30 men to dance to a core drum beat for 30 seconds. The dancers were given no specific instructions on how to dance beforehand, and their movements were recorded via a sophisticated motion capture system. So I'm just picturing a bunch of Andy circuses with those little ping pong balls on them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Trying to do the Charleston or whatever kids do these days. I always find that I'm at my most relaxed, loose state in <laughs> right. a clinical motion environment. Capture. <laughs> motion yeah. capture equipment. Mm-hmm. I feel like I could really, they could really just get an accurate read on my, uh, what I'm putting out there. Right. So they took those routines and then animated a featureless, gender-neutral, computer-generated avatar and then asked 37 women to view each of the dancing avatars and rate the performance on a seven-point scale. I, I normally do wear a motion capture suit to the club. Oh, yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah, naturally. go-to costume. Naturally. Well, yeah, because how are you going to know what you did right or wrong later <laughs> yeah. when you're looking at <laughs> just the computer-generated version of no, yourself? No, I find that that does get the... Oh, Stephanie, that guy's got balls. <laughs> you know, I f- come on, guys. That deserved a little more. <laughs> oh, I feel like the Lagunitas should kick in by now. I've- I do think it's funny that... Like, <laughs> There, there's there's a sense of right and left handedness to the dances that they liked as far as legs go. Um, Interesting. Yeah, like the speed of leg movements matter, particularly the bending and twisting of the right knee. Um, and what might be bad news for twenty percent of the population who's left footed, left knee movement didn't seem to matter. Wow. Yeah. And, and they have so they have do they have a reason for well, that? I didn't know you could be left or right footed. I think it just is if you are left. Yeah. No. I mean, I, certainly if you think about someone playing sports, like if you were to kick a ball, would you be like, I know, I'm, again, you're going to learn something about me, listeners to the show, but I'm mm-hmm. not great at kicking balls. Really? I'm not, I'm not the athlete you probably imagined. <laughs> Mad. <laughs> but, on. don't shoot yourself in the foot like that, buddy. <laughs> That's why I am not the athlete you imagined. <laughs> but, um, I, I am definitely better at kicking balls with my right than my left foot. I think most people have a preferred foot in the same way they have a preferred hand. Yeah. I think we should start something right now. Instead of saying right or left-handed, let's say right or left-footed, just to freak people out. <laughs> but some people... Hey, I notice you're uh, left-footed. But it's notice possible you're a for people to be... <laughs> I think it is possible for people to be dominant with one hand and another foot, although I don't yeah. know how, off, how common that is. Well, uh, let me be someone that, uh, you know, breaks that mold and is for you guys. Because I am left-handed. Yes. Um, I'm a lefty, and uh, I also... But I certainly would kick a ball with my right foot. Um, I also played hockey right-handed. I play guitar right-handed. Um, Ooh, look at uh, Johnny can do everything over here. <laughs> I throw balls. I also write uh, right-handed. No, no, and, no. Uh... I write left-handed. I eat left-handed, but I um, I defuse bombs right-handed. <laughs> I, uh, and you're operating the loom that you I always paint... run throughout the recordings of the show. Yeah, when I paint when... photorealistic portraits left-handed. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Obviously, I paint photorealistic portraits left-handed, but I um, no, I operate my jetpack right-handed. Mm-hmm. Uh, of course, I. Um, uh, you know, give clinical orgasms right-handed. Yep. I, it's, you it's, deliver it's, babies. You save Charles' lives. No, absolutely. I will save puppies from burning buildings left-handed, but I will save puppies from freezing buildings right-handed. Um, it's it's heat-dependent. Like, one of them is better in cold temperatures, the other is better yeah, in Yeah, so I, so I sort of switch back and forth. Okay. I'm Googling the handedness being correlated with footedness right now, and I'm not finding something right away. Because I think it's also is like goofy-footed and regular-footed when you're doing board sports, whether you put your left or right foot forward. And usually a right-handed person goes left foot forward on snowboards or on, on a surfboard. Um, and I assume it's the same thing as footedness. Oh, interesting, because I go, I go right foot forward. Yeah, that's goofy. So that makes sense as a lefty. It's goofy? It's called, it's called goofy-footed. Yeah, they just call it that. Call it goofy-footed? It's called, that's yeah. what they call it. I'm not, yeah. Isn't the word, and I would like to look this up because I don't want to be called out. I've been called out on some stuff recently, and we can talk about that in a second. Oh, yeah. But isn't the word goof 
and Goofy isn't wasn't didn't that start as a uh, analogous for a prison bitch? What? I have not heard that. It's, let's let's search. Is that is that what the Disney character is? No, let's that search. The, let's search the etymology of Goof, because I I'm quite sure. And when we're at well, it, I'm not quite sure of anything. I'm not quite sure at all. While Andy's doing that, we should uh, we always ask for corrections, comments, clarifications to be emailed to probablyscience at gmail.com. Or I, get, I get the most of them, so no surprise there. Well, you state more things with confidence than <laughs> <laughs> I'm. Uh, look, I'm a very confident guy when I'm stating things. I'll just and put it out there. We'll just go along with what you say. But one of the things you mentioned, you happened to have mentioned a couple of episodes ago, that one of our listeners did. Fact right, checks right, and rightfully so. They should have. Uh, uh, Twitter uh, handle at Minority Babble mm-hmm. uh, did notice that we all let Jesse go with a statement that McDonald's chickens don't have feathers and bones. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Now, <laughs> I'd like to think it was more that we weren't listening than that we agreed with. Well, thank you, you. Thank, well, thank you, Andy. But you meant when you eat them. I meant like, the nuggets yeah, when you eat yeah, them. Yeah, okay. yeah. yeah, they don't actually have feathers and bones. No, they don't have feathers and bones when you eat them. So I don't but know I what totally this mi- minority report asshole's talking about. Just from the I, context, it sounded a little bit like you were suggesting they were reared in a boneless, featherless fashion. No, no, no. I mean, <laughs> no, no, absolutely not. I was talking about the chickens that you get. Obviously, right. from McDonald's sure. when you order the, the nugget right. pack. I am not talking, uh, obviously, before they're killed. Of course, they have bones and the, and the purple feathers and no beaks. Obviously, <laughs> I. Whereas at other fast food places, they serve them with the bones and feathers on no, them. No, here's which how this. Which is why McDonald's <clears throat> is different, and you had to point that out. No, I did, I did say that they are reared with uh, no feathers, no bones. Okay. I'm an idiot. I don't know how <laughs> things work. Obviously, the no bones thing is impossible. I, I now, hope it's not, buddy. I hope it's not. I, uh, no. um, I hope there's just a lump of chicken just rolling around. I'm uh, No, I'm an idiot. It does sound like a Tower 7 conspiracy theorist. No, I know. I know. And, le- and let me tell you what happened. Here's what was making the... There was, there was something making the rounds. I don't know how this evolved in my head to a boneless, featherless chicken. Something was making the rounds. It's also not true, mm-hmm. but it was about the uh, KFC. Oh, that thing makes me so mad. The the KFC because you can't that say has chicken. Been de- debunked for it's 15 been debunked years. Uh, for fifteen years. What was the thing? There's the name. Uh, KFC no longer means Kentucky Fried Chicken because legally it's not chicken, yeah, which they, isn't true. It's, it's, it's not it's, true. It's not. It's never so, been true. It was never true for a day. And you walk down the street and you ask 50 people, 30 of them are going to tell you, oh, that's why they got to say KFC because they can't call it chicken. And it's bullshit. It's bullshit. Yes. So with that came a bunch of other stuff of like, well, the next question, why can't you? Say chicken. Yeah. And then people are like, oh, because they have these freak right. things they've yeah. bioengineered. Exactly. That are yeah. blah, 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 they've blah. They've created a, a, new, a new animal over there at KFC, <laughs> apparently. Yeah, they, they're really, they only charge $3 for chicken, but somehow they've created a new species of animal <laughs> right. at KFC. It's amazing. It's amazing that they did that. I say good for them. I do, too. Well, let me tell and you something. And we should bow down to them because I don't know how smart or how powerful these new animals are going to get. <laughs> I just know that they're delicious. They're tasty animals that they've created. Augie, what's going to happen when your kid is wrong about something? (laughs) (laughs) He'll be beaten. Right. Soundly beaten. No, so 13-year-old me, sure, being a 13-year-old, was like, yeah, man, fucking corporations. (laughs) Sounds like the system, something the system. What happened to the system, by the way? That used to be a thing. Yeah. Yeah. That was like back when when you had like a permanent record. Remember the system? The man's done. Yeah. 
Yeah, but there was finding man, out one. We got to fight the system. It's very vague. But it's I, just down to the men. But I, uh, <laughs> the system, and the, which is bigger, the system or the machine? Ooh. Oh, dude, raging against this? or being welcomed to. Uh, you know, right. is this, is the machine the bigger? Like, is that the superset of the system? Would you rather be raged against? Or would you rather rage against or be welcomed to the machine? Well, I the think system like is of the down. Okay. You rage against the machine, okay. and uh, men don't wear hats. The man doesn't so. wear hats. <laughs> I, I, don't, I no, no, I think that's, that's true. That's, that's true. So anyway, to everyone out there listening, um, the uh, the uh, deplorable, inhumane conditions that the McDonald's chickens are raised in um, do contain feathers and bones. Yes. Uh. <laughs> well, it's like earlier today, Jesse, when you were defending Clippers owner Donald Sterling, <laughs> saying that. <laughs> What he was saying, there was nothing wrong with points. that. Yeah, yeah. Like so, when you were saying that, I, I thought maybe you were wrong on that too. But you, you can have your listeners. Oh my god! They can decide. No, at lunch they we were having decide. the Donald Sterling conversation, and Augie kept. Should we fill in listeners who might not know? The story is already. It's gotten out there, but no, we have international uh, listeners. That there's a so American basketball. It's a sports. Five men throwing a, a ball in a basket, <laughs> mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. Uh, there's it's a very pro- popular. There's a professional basketball team here in Los Angeles called the Clippers. It's actually got so big that the game is. Shown on television nowadays. That's right. Oh, yeah. No, it is, right. it is shown on. Yeah. Uh, it's covered on television. On the telly. Yes. Yeah, people get paid to play the game. That's right. They yeah. do. They're yeah. now yeah. getting paid. It's yeah. It's not just like an exercise no, no, at school no. anymore. Yeah. It's yeah. now yeah. No, it's become you, a job for some you can people. you can make a proper mm-hmm. living at it. And um, one man uh, owns a team in Los mm-hmm. Angeles called the Clippers. And uh, there's some recorded phone conversation made its way public. It's not a phone call. It was in person. Okay, and yeah. in person, how was it recorded? What uh, she recorded it. She recorded it. Yeah. Okay. His mistress. But, oh. but it wasn't really his mistress. It's, it's his, his girlfriend, sort of, right? His girlfriend. So, but he also has a wife. But he also has a wife, but they're in the process of getting divorced. It's, uh, it's very convoluted. So he's like this real racist guy, and everyone, uh, everyone blew yeah. up about it because he's a racist asshole. Right. And, and, then, and uh, Jesse thinks that he's a great man that makes some good points, which I don't know, man. Not, I mean, not, you know, not, uh, not the case at all. That's simply... All I know, it was the first story on Meet the Press. I realize I'm the only person in the world that watches Meet the Press still, uh-huh. but it was the first story that there's an elderly man that's afraid of his girlfriend hanging out with black guys. That's uh, that's the first story. Second story, Ukraine. We might have a, se- a third world war on our hand. I say second because I don't count the first one. No, you shouldn't. You shouldn't. <laughs> there was only one world war. <laughs> it's weird the countries you just refuse to accept. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And most of those countries in the first world war don't even exist anymore, right? How could it be a war when there's not even a place it's now? I am? Come on. Prussia? Prussia? That's not Where a thing. Is that? That's not even a thing. What? Um... Anyway, so, yeah, I got us off he's, the topic. He's a, he's a bad dude, but also he's an old white dude. Yeah, he's an kind old, of doing what old, old, old white, white men are afraid of black people. But he is Big an old white man story. who employs a large number well, no, of black people. I'm not defending him. I'm not defending him. I'm yeah, just saying you're right. As far as newsworthiness compared to real things. Yes, it's, this it's, uh, would be the point. He's a bad dude. We're not yeah. condoning what he's doing, but it's also well, unsurprising. Well, Jesse is, but the rest of us are definitely uh, not. No, I'm not. I think it's weird. It's weird to call back something no one else was there for. Uh, for our, our I just think people should know what you think about Jesus Christ! No, I think he's 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 deplorable. Why, I also why think are you has... defending yourself so much on this thing? I mean, <laughs> anyway, I'm getting us off the off the science tip here, everybody. That's uh, on, oh, me. Man. That's on me here. Yeah. Well, we have gotten a lot of science stories in recently from listeners who tweet we, us. We at didn't get to science. finish the conversation at lunch because because obviously Augie doesn't tip, so we'd have run out of there. <laughs> but um, <laughs> uh, 
but no, it's so I'm sorry he tried to just have it on the air just now. Are you still. Uh, By the way, goof. <laughs> I'm looking up the word goof, and I can't find any of of what you were saying. It's just uh, it's actually a pretty recent word. It's about a hundred years old. Um, just American English means stupid person, perhaps a variant of English dialect goff, uh, foolish clown from 1869. Okay. Um, All right. Possibly related to. Um, Old English gigaf, which is buffoonery, and gaffetung, okay, just scolding. Hmm. Yeah. Well, guys, I sorry. should probably no, no, don't be sorry. Don't be sorry at all. I think that's uh, it's good to know. I, um, I you know, <laughs> obviously, I have a bit of a problem sometimes uh, just mimicking things other people say. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Probably do that a little too much. Do you know that uh, plants can can also mimic mimic things? <laughs> really? <laughs> I didn't know that, Jesse. No. Uh, it's, it's absolutely. How, how do you mean? Well, <clears throat> like know, make fun of them. Well, it is the yeah the best flattery. I I think that um no oh, I flower once a year. Oh, look at me! Look at me! Um no, there's there's actually uh, much like the chameleon of the of the flora world. Okay. Um, there is a plant, the only plant known to do this, that can um, very accurately mimic other plants. Um. So Ernesto Giannoli. Um, studies the plants of, of Chile's temperate rainforest. And when he goes out in the field, he usually works a tight schedule um, involving dawn-to-dust sampling and measuring. And one day he felt that while being engaged in these work plans, he was missing the joy of the quiet observation of nature. Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> I hate it when we're trying to read an article, but it's like not scientific. It's, yeah. written, it's all, yeah. you have to like get through the fluff stuff first. Right. <laughs> Walt Whitman wrote this science article. Indignant as he was, <laughs> no, he, he noticed that the leaves on one particular shrub seemed to be growing from very uh, from two very different stems, one much thinner than the other. He eventually realized that the thin stems actually belonged to a boquilla vine, whose leaves were exactly the same as the shrubs. He walked on and found boquilla entwined around many different trees. In most cases, its leaves matched those of its host. It looked like a mimic and one with many guises. Hmm. It was astonishing, he says. I was familiar with the vine, but I had not noticed this feature before. I walked back to the hut where the rest of my team was waiting, and I did a... F- <laughs> I don't know. And I told my <laughs> undergraduate student, Fernando Carrasco... I've never written a letter like this before. <laughs> um, is this, is this, is I walked, this a write-up about this plant in penthouse? <laughs> right, right. And, and I told my undergraduate student, Fernando Carrasco Ura, do you want to be famous? All right, stop right there. It's this true. is where it gets really famous. Yeah. The Greenhouse Forum. Do you want to be famous? I've Imagine got the, my surprise. <laughs> I've got the idea for your thesis. Mm-hmm. And then we interpretive danced with my synthesizer. <laughs> Uh, and he says he was mocked for this, but as Carrasco Ura and Giannoli collected more data, the skepticism faded. Bequilla's leaves are extraordinarily diverse. The biggest ones can be ten times bigger than the smallest, and they can vary from very light to very dark. In around three quarters of cases, they're similar to the closest leaf from another tree, matching it in size, area, length of stalk, angle, and color. Bequilla's leaves can even grow a spiny tip when, and only when, it climbs onto a shrub with spine-tip leaves. Now... Real quick, I'm going to ste- step up and defend Boquilla. Uh, sometimes there's such a thing as parallel thought, okay? Mm-hmm. Like, it's mm-hmm. not always right. hack. Like, you're not necessarily... It could be coincidence. There's a plant nearby that no, looks abso- like absolutely. you. Absolutely. You might have just been like, hey, today I feel like having leaves that look like sure, this. Sure, but I feel like if it's you've been... It's a similar a- leaf. Yeah. It's not the same. It's like, right, right. But the, the it, Carlos Mencia of plants. But if yeah. you've been a plant the, for the 25 Mexican years... Wall joke, anybody could have written that. If you've been a plant for 25 years and the other plants that you happen to be mimicking are, like, also a huge deal plant... Yeah. Okay. You know, it is it's, kind of your job. You, you walk 
in the same circles as these plants. You have responsibilities to know what their leaves are doing. Sure, sure. If we're going to test this thing, we've got to give this plant to Gary Busey and see what the plant becomes afterwards. See if it's the Edomian of plants where it can do... It's the rich little of plants. It's not as it's not good. Really. It's sort of limited. It's a, it does a it's half-assed a Reagan. Um, you should hear it's Durante. So, so even, uh, even orchids... Um, the, it's it's so strange because the same vine can uh, can even mimic several trees. So if it crosses from one plant to another, the vine its leaves change accordingly. Wow! Even orchids, the world's best known plant mimics, just mimic one specific model or just share the general appearance of several similar flowers. Says Anne Gasket from the University of Auckland. This vine seems to mimic many specific models depending on its host. Something we've previously only seen in animals. And there's even environmental factors like light, and they're not even behind these similarities. Um, they find them at many different light levels, many different altitudes, and uh, and they suspect that it's it's all the disguises are to protect uh, protect Bequilla from hungry mouths. Yeah, it's like I wonder how that works though. As far as like, what are the chances that the thing it's mimicking would be less appetizing? You know, what uh, maybe it's just as likely they'd be suddenly making themselves look like a feast. Perhaps, some, perhaps you know. strengthen numbers. I don't know. Just to. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's just a though. sad it's, plant that just wants to fit in just with everybody. It's like, hey, guys. Going through a goth phase. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, <laughs> That's what plants do. It's weird because they still haven't figured out how it does it. Um, they suggest that they might be picking up on airborne chemicals released by other trees. We know that chemicals like these can act as alarms, which tell plants that their neighbors are in danger and to raise their own defenses. Um, perhaps Bequilla taps into these danger signals to work out which disguise to adopt. But also, the vine might be using genes from its host. Um, there are many cases where genes have moved horizontally from one plant species to another, sometimes via a parasite or a microbe, but that idea is speculative and unlikely. That's fascinating. So, yeah, like a parasite could somehow infect your very genetics with the... Yeah. Uh. So right now, they're, they're sequencing the DNA, and they're going to see, um, and its host, to see if any genes could be hopping across. But if not, I mean, that'd be a huge... That'd be a huge find. This is interesting stuff. Now we have to go around the table and all prove we're who we say we are. Because <laughs> <laughs> if you could be... If you could be any plant, which one would you be and why? Let's go to John Hamm on the dating game. Did you guys see that from the 90s, John Hamm on the dating game? Oh, no. was he really? Yeah, like a 25-year-old John win? Hamm. Uh, I didn't watch the whole thing. He did not win. He didn't win? No. Tom I haven't Selleck seen it, but I just... it a couple times back in the old really? days. Really? Oh, yeah. it was great. Yeah. Yeah, Tom So was Jesse Case. Magnum was Jesse Case. Still hasn't Jesse given Case us the video be- yet. Oh, Jesse Case I, was I on have, the dating game? I am getting the videos. Okay, I, I meant, nice, to, I meant to bring this up last week. Um, I totally meant to bring this up. I talked to my manager. I'm getting the videos. Um, be a nice little treat for our listeners. Yeah. Absolutely. How did you do? Did you win? No, I was the I was like the comic relief every time. That she she already knew not to pick me. It's it's down. Oh, between. they tell her not to. What? It's they a tell fix. Her it's, it's between two guys. <laughs> Can I believe in nothing anymore? <laughs> I'm sorry, buddy. Dating game is rigged. That or maybe that's just something Jesse tells people. Sure, yeah, sure. <laughs> She's like, if you were any chicken, what kind of chicken would you be? I'm like, ah, probably the featherless, boneless uh, uh, chicken. That new super chicken. <laughs> created I'm just by an KFC. idiot in every one of my answers. I would have won, but like she was like contractually obligated to not pick me. Right. Like, it was, it was no, you guys, I, I, no, I'm pretty sure I could have won. So you know, there's like a button underneath. <laughs> no, there really is. no, there's no button. There's no, yeah. Oh, well, thank you for sending that in. That was, again, sent in by... That was um, Bert. Bert. Just Bert. Just Bert. 
Just Birch. And you can email stories, by the way, to probablyscience at gmail.com or tweet at probablyscience. Um, quite a, f- a couple of people sent us this story, uh, including, I'm looking this up now, uh, Karen Oliver, um, uh, Morgan Perrine, who's re- sent stuff before, and um, I can't find out who else, but uh, well, like let I say... Me, let me... I don't mean to interrupt. Go for it. Recently helped Morgan fix a typewriter. Long distance. Little email thread back and forth. Really? Anyone mm-hmm. else needs typewriter help? Shoot me an email. I yeah. was I was copied on that response, and I was fascinated by the level of detail. It was awesome. <laughs> I know my stuff. Yeah, I know I what suddenly, I'm doing. I suddenly saw like Asperger's uh, Jesse. You know, I saw like oh yeah, yeah. No, it's in there. <laughs> Autistic twelve year old Jesse <laughs> yeah, coming. It's out. in there. Um, yeah. If anyone else has any typewriter issues? Get at me. We'll fix well, up and, your typewriter. And if anyone wants to buy a typewriter for any yeah, you want to buy one? Tired fans? Any special sure. occasions? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Run like a combination podcasting studio and mm-hmm. a typewriter repair sure, shop out sure. back here in between funerals and uh, yeah. Uh, but this story was sent in via uh, via Twitter and via our website, via our Squarespace powered website. Oh yes, by the way, uh, don't forget you can get your own um, free trial and ten percent off your first purchase if you go to squarespace.com and use offer code probably science. Our site that's, a, that's is, the name of our show, Andy. Yes, I know. Mm-hmm. That's why is that related? That's it's, a related. That's, yes, that's the reason why we did it. Yeah. Um, so they said, listen to this, and then they as can you can get a trial with I don't know who it is that they have at the other end who builds all the websites. Who, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, pre- no. I mean, presumably costs quite a lot, but you get ten percent. Yeah, and they'll they'll have one of their web developers just sort of he'll just just you know just kind of go for it, wing it, whatever. I, I see why you guys think that because you're looking at probablyscience.com and, and mm-hmm. realizing that this looks really good. So sure, obviously, sure, sure. I, I get yeah, it's a professional level website, professionally done website. It is to websites what typewriters are to technology yeah. is what a lot of people say. And I can see where you make that mistake because it does look that good. But I'll tell you what, nobody designed that. I just picked a template. Yeah. What? What are you talking about? I'm saying I just like looked through a bunch of templates. I was like, this one looks cool. Let's fill this out. Let's upload some pictures. Let's uh, get some links. You built the website. Embedded audio using Squarespace.com. I did it. It took me no. Took me some time. So who at Squarespace built it? Not much time. Jesse, that's what I'm saying. Nobody has to do it. And you don't even need a computer monitor. You sent like a team of guys over. I get, again, again, Augie, I can see why you'd make that mistake. It does look like that was. Do you have the to case. be? You got to be no. some sort of computer wizard. You right? don't. You, you don't, don't even need a mouse. You got, I don't know how. I feel like I've told you guys this before. <laughs> I don't know why this has it. Like, I feel like it's like we're going over the same territory. Like past. I feel episodes. like that's the Lagunitas talk, and I feel like you've yeah. never. We've never um, discussed this. No, no, I think we have. I think we have. No, what I'm saying is, like, you can just do it all yourself. Like, it's very easy to use. Right. Yeah, well, like, just go. So we use it. Episodes, uh, we recommend just. you use it as well, and you can get you can get all sorts of discounts by using our offer code. Yeah, Pro- go That's, to squarespace.com. The offer code is code apparently probably, probably science. science, the name yes. of our show. One of the things that was sent in via the website and via our Twitter account was this story about graphene, the wonder material, and an easier way to make it. And I, I, I'm a little bit skeptical about the story at first, just because last time we had a wonder story. It for an alchemy kind of story. It did it by last time it was a stem yeah. cell story that seemed well, a little we, bit too good to be true. But we, t- we did discuss the night vision contacts. The graphene night vision contacts, yep. which uh, I think, you know, it's fascinating. But this, this stuff's does, crazy. This does seem to be real, and it, again, it's been published, it's been reported in the journal Nature Materials. Graphene is a form of carbon, and it is thin, strong, flexible, and electrically conductive. It's That's my bio. <laughs> it's, it's a remarkable form of carbon. It's one atom sheet thick... Uh, Sorry, one atom thick sheet of carbon atoms arranged in a honeycomb structure. It's made from graphite originally. Uh, graphite, you'll know sure. as a thing in pencils, pencils or mm-hmm. lightweight tennis rackets and sure. 
all manner of things. Uh, but it is m- mix- it's mixed with clay in pencils, in case you're wondering. It's mixed with what? Clay. Really? Oh, yeah, okay. that's how they make the that. pencil lead, as it's called, which doesn't have lead in it. It's mixed with clay? Yeah. That's not pure graphite? No, it's not pure graphite. What's pure gra- is pure? Is it one of the things where it's like decimal 0.1% graphite and then mainly just clay? No, I think it's a fair amount, but I, th- I think, and again, listeners, correct us on this, but the ranking of pencils where it goes from like H to HB to B, right. as B1, B2, B3, sure, mm-hmm. uh, or 2B, that's whatever That's the it softness. Is, I think that's related to the amount of graphite to whatever else is in it. Sure. Well, it's the softness of the, quote, lead for, for you know, artists. But it things. doesn't make any sense to me because every time you take a test, they say a number two pencil. They say a number two every time. They never give you a different pencil you know, to but use. I liked, when I was using if you're pencils an artist. more, I liked the 2.5. It was a little bit softer. When I'm writing for my own uses, sure. not for a test, like, yeah, mm-hmm. 2.5 is a nice... You still, you still use erasers. <laughs> oh, Andy, m- mistake Andy over here. <laughs> doesn't use a pen all the time. So... Uh, so graphene has only been known about for 10 years. It was discovered, the discovery was announced in 2004 in the journal Science. It's about 100 times stronger than steel. It conducts electricity better than copper. It's been touted as a potential replacement for silicon in electronics. And about 1% of graphene mixed into plastics could make them conductive. So this wow. is a very useful material, but so far relatively difficult to make. Until... Enter Jonathan Coleman from Trinity College Dublin and his colleagues, who tested out a variety of laboratory mixers as well as kitchen blenders as a potential tool for this wonder material. They poured graphite, graphite powder into a blender, added water and dishwashing liquid, and mixed it at high speed. This sounds like the kind of way I did science when I was yeah. five. Sure, <laughs> okay, sure. I'm going to do some science now and yeah, just like you, you, stole my sister's shampoo and yeah, <laughs> mix yeah. it into a bowl. Pour ketchup, salt, pepper, and mustard <laughs> and barbecue sauce in one cup at a table at a restaurant. And like, yeah. I've done science now. Sure. But this science has ended up in the journal Nature Materials as a fully-fledged paper. The shearing force, apparently, generated by a rapidly rotating tool in solution was sufficiently intense to separate the layers of graphene that make up graphite flakes without damaging their two-dimensional structure. Uh, Although it does say in this BBC News article, it's not advisable to try this at home. The precise amount of dishwashing fluid that is required is dependent on a number of different factors, and the black solution containing graphene would need to be separated afterwards. Wow. But that's not a don't try this at home. That's yeah. just if you try this at home, you'll screw it up rather than yeah. sure. you're going to poison swans or whatever. I can't believe I didn't, I didn't know much about graphene before this. Good go to. <laughs> <laughs> the old poisoning swans go to. Uh, swans always seem to get the bad end of any yeah, yeah. development. They're very poisonable. <laughs> very poisonable. <laughs> They're easily choked by Anything. can yeah. can packaging. Um the researcher said their work provides a significant step towards deploying graphene in a variety of commercial applications. They've been working with UK-based firm Thomas Swan. <laughs> maybe I, maybe wow. I subconsciously read Whoa. ahead and that's where the Swan amazing. came from. Are you, are you serious? Maybe it was in my peripheral vision. They're talking to Thomas Swan to scale up the process. Thomas Swan, it should be noted, is not a real swan. No, no, <laughs> no. It's not Thomas the Swan, which of course we talked about last week. He's a type of swan. He is, <laughs> right, right. He's a man swan. Yeah, Thomas the Swan was last week, and this, this of course, Thomas Swan, completely different. But they're talking about scaling up this plot, this process, I presume by building an ever bigger kitchen blender. Yeah, with the aim of producing a 
building a pilot plant that could produce a kilo of graphene per day by the end wow. of the year. Or they could just use some kind of uh, some kind of nutcracker. Yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> probably a, a, with Thomas Swan and the. I like it. Anybody Although know? that is two different ballets. No, I know it's just, the same. Same as if, if it's just ball. the only two it's ballets same. anybody knows. Yeah. It's the same guy, right? Is it the same guy? Yeah. Are they both, they both Tchaikovsky? No. Tchaikovsky, right? I don't know. Maybe. Maybe. Sure. What Nutcracker guy and Swan Swan Black Lake Swan. Black Swan Lake guy? Swan Lake Sweet. Looking it up. Looking it up. Uh, right. Uh, yes. Was Tchaikovsky. Both Tchaikovsky. That guy was a goof. Yeah. I heard he was a goof in prison. So do you I'm think an that idiot. because that's what they called you in prison, so you just assume that that was a prison term? No, no they, they called me something different in prison. They I was, called I was him Vietnamese at the time. <laughs> they called him that in prison because of his oversized shoes and large floppy ears, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so talking nah, I'm a nose. moron. I, I just, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> sorry, I'm serious. Still down about those chickens, aren't you? A little or bit. Chicken. I'm a little down about the chickens. It's it's just every week I say... Dude, no chi- kidding. In your head, you thought there was a breed of chicken <laughs> without feathers or bones? When I was 14, someone told me about this thing called butthole chickens. And what they were uh, is... It was all these chickens, apparently, like factory farming that just had a tube that you going could in. Meet if he would let you put something out. in your butthole. No, no, no. Is that what it was? Tube going in, tube coming out. Okay. And it was just just uh, featherless, genetically okay. engineered. You know, beakless. I didn't even go beakless last week. Could've, I've heard beakless. Could have stepped oh, it up a notch. I've heard beakless. Heard. Beakless, yeah. I have heard. Could have stepped it up a notch. And then I thought featherless, boneless, just lumps of meat. <laughs> but uh, you know, I'm an idiot. I'm an idiot. We should have somebody on who uh, who has worked in in. This sort of dude. The guest, the guest we had on when I said that, she said, "Yeah, you're right, but they don't have brains." <laughs> so let's. I feel like we could easily pin this on her. She's not here right now. <laughs> um, in addition to its potential uses in electronics, this I didn't realize. This is, graphene might have applications in water treatment, oil spill cleanup, and even in the production of thinner condoms. It's so oh, now we're on to an atom okay. thick. It's an, an atom a- thick. It's an atom <laughs> thick. It's like basically two dimensional. It's just like a a a. a Honeycombed, you know, hexagon uh-huh. lattice. So I think uh, I think this article is saying. That's I used to love Adam Thick on um, <laughs> Growing <laughs> Pains. Batman. I, I believe if I it's believe saying, if anyone's saying. listening, if anyone's you know might be on a date this evening and need to be safe, uh, take a standard pencil, mm-hmm. shave it into your blender, add dishwashing liquid. <laughs> Spin it and then just gently dip your junk mm-hmm. in the blender. Yes. In the blender, <laughs> but yeah. make sure. I mean, obviously, make sure to unplug the the blender first. Well, but right. I think you need it still to be spinning to create an even coating. Oh yeah, like a centrifugal centrifugal condom. Yeah. So just sure. dip your junk into the blender and you will be safe. That is the probably science oath <laughs> yeah, it's of fair. authenticity. Uh, so in 2010, Manchester University researchers Andre Geim and Konstantin uh, Novoleslov. Uh, Novoselov, even. They shared the Nobel Prize in Physics for their discovery of graphene. They published their details of their advance in the academic journal Science in 2004. And they famously used sticky tape to peel off the layers of graphene from graphite. So this is quite a low-tech production yeah, thing. Wow. Blenders, be, sticky tape? Yeah, it can currently be grown atom by atom via a process called chemical vapor deposition. However, while this can produce meter-scale sheets of graphene, they also contain defects which can inhibit their properties. So this is wow. a bizarre wonder material that can only be produced, it seems, by household objects. <laughs> like, it's just... It can only be made in the kitchen right now and not in a professional laboratory. Man. I'm just realizing I've never actually seen what it looks like, so I'm trying to look this up on YouTube now. Because, uh, I mean, it's literally... It's almost transparent. It's... Uh, 
as thin as something can be, can you actually pick up a sheet of it and then just would it feel it? I'm looking it up. Hold on. So I wonder where it can. It looks. Yeah, there's a picture. I can see a picture here of it in someone's hands. So yeah, of course it w- that makes sense. It would be transparent because there's almost no option for light waves to be absorbed when they're passing through right, a meter. Right. Sorry, an atom thick. I also just looked up how this differs from diamonds, and so this is yeah two dimensional hexagonal honeycomb structure, and diamonds are a cube, are face centered cube crystal structures of of carbon. Yeah, diamonds, if I remember rightly, they're bonded in. Doesn't carbon have? Four potential bonds, and in diamonds, it's it's they're bonded in a three-dimensional structure. Yeah, it looks like they're they're just bonded into cubes. I'm not sure how the face-centric part of that differs from a, a regular cube, but uh, well, the, well, the structure—it's di- all carbon. It's all carbon. It is all carbon. <laughs> hey, it's all it's all carbon to me, guys. It's, that's the future. Yeah. Carbon. Hey. Everything's carbon. Increase your carbon footprint with these new graphene shoes, guys. <laughs> hey. Come on. What? You don't want to have some... Gra- I love Matt, the increase Matt, your carbon no? footprint yeah. thing. We got something going on there. I'm trying to remember now exactly how carbon can have either three or four bonds, depending on... God, this is going back to physics <laughs> lessons 16 years ago. But... Because carbon, carbon traditionally has four bonds. You're you're asking I, me for I'm, confirmation, uh, and I'm not typically. Give so, it. for example, there was uh, methane. If I remember rightly, Sean methane Connery, is yep. yep. Roger Moore, George Lazenby. Lazenby, yeah. Like he. <laughs> so, if I remember rightly, methane is a carbon atom with four hydrogen atoms arranged around it. Oh, okay. And Again, taking your word for it. And listeners graphite, who are experts in these things, we do want to have more information about this. So and feel graphite, free to if I remember, oh, yeah, graphite is is so, chemical bonds. Is is sheets of graphene, effectively, sure, and then the sheets are bonded together by the Van der Waals force, which I oh, don't okay. even remember what that was, but I remember that's that. a word I remember hearing. At <laughs> I, some remember point that, I remember that. that before that, uh, Dawson's Creek guy. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So the sheet, so it's it's sheets of these hexagonally bonded carbon atoms, and then the sheets are basically stacked on top of each other. So um, what you're saying is that graphene is uh, boneless and featherless. Yeah. <laughs> So that's how they. Yeah. So I guess that's how they separate these layers in various different processes, either with right. the sticky tape or with the spinning round washing liquid methods to so separate them into if, individual sheets. I wonder if the separation of those sheets is what gives it its lubrication qualities. Because I remember we used powdered graphite to lubricate the wheels in the Pinewood Derby cars we made sure. back in Boy Scouts. Yeah. Do you remember yeah. that stuff? That just yeah, spray in the little. Yeah. yeah. So graphite is is a pretty slick thing and i wonder if it's because of those sheets sliding over each other i don't know might have something to do with the dishwashing liquid that you put in also you did that that's what makes it slippery yeah <laughs> uh, no i'm saying i'm saying for the uh for the soapbox derby cars oh right because so we just i never spray did in, good in soapbox derby you never did that but that was yeah. like a you would literally just spray in a powder of graphite around the axles and that would be enough to uh but yeah so diamonds but diamonds are a very very simple three yeah, he's a big cheat. But the diamonds are a very, very simple structure where the carbon is bonded in four different directions yeah. to other carbon atoms, and there's nothing else in there, which is what makes it so ridiculously yeah. hard and impossible to uh, scratch. Okay. Right. By the way, did I say Soapbox Derby or Pinewood Derby? You said Pinewood first, That's Soapbox second. Pinewood is what I meant. What's Not a Soapbox the, Derby? Soapbox Derby is like the thing you in the 50s. You actually get in and it. You get, build this thing, you get inside. Yeah, Pinewood Derby was I don't think they do the, that anymore. I, I wish they did. It's way too dangerous. Yeah. <laughs> or there's an adult version They just put a kid, like, yeah, just in a car and just push him down a hill. Well, Portland has an adult version of every kid yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? 
never in footy pajamas at bars. You know. No, dude. Seattle had um, Seattle had a, a pencil fight night, an adult pencil fight night. You know, remember you snap the pencil. It, Grow up, everybody. This is Larry King here telling you to grow up. Um, yeah, like cereal bars was a thing for a while. People would like you pay for cereal and you'd come in your footy pajamas and watch cartoons as an mm-hmm. adult because it's like, oh, this is nostalgia. And, and those people think finally something I can do like like I'm a child, even though I I wake up at noon anyway <laughs> and lay around my house watching cartoons. Augie, but finally, I get to be a kid at night. You're having a. I haven't taken on any responsibility. But you're having a uh, child soon. I am having a child. You're having a congrats, having a child buddy. probably yes. science. Bringing a child into this world, into this valley village. Well, I have to tell you, born uh, into this. She's five months. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I had to go Bukowski for a second. She uh, uh, she's five months pregnant, so we're pretty sure we're going to keep it. Sure. At this point. So it's but probably we gonna, never know. It's going to probably cry a lot when you. When you uh, have it. Yeah, not unless it knows what's good for it. Well, I mean, oh yeah, I'm sorry. Absolutely, Jesse. It's going to. You see what he's doing? Yeah, you ever you ever ask yourself why it's going to? Cry. Oh, I have a lot of thoughts on why it's going to cry. It's probably thinking my dad is 43 and his career's on a down. <laughs> it's on a down slope. But I heard he's been on this podcast. Yeah, he's, he's, he's got good a good numbers, podcast so, uh, career going, so maybe we'll be okay. Well, uh, I'll tell you why. That's not what it's thinking. Mm-hmm. That's not what it's thinking, despite it being true. Uh, babies cry at night to prevent uh, siblings, scientists are suggesting. Now? Okay. Guys, when, when a baby... Cries at night, exhausted parents scramble to figure out why. We yes. all know this. Sure. Scramble, literally scramble. Right, scrambling around. It's like, it's like uh, some sort of fighter jet area. Right. <laughs> it can't have anything to, be, to do with being a new human being on sure, Earth. Sure, and They think everything is new to think, it. It's like NFL combine testing up there in the bedroom. They're just <laughs> yeah, like doing scramble. karaoke stepping. Like, oh, that kind of, yeah, scrambling. Well, they, they think uh, maybe, maybe the baby's hungry. You know? Maybe That's it's logical, often it. Logical. That is often yeah, a yeah. thing. Um, maybe uh, maybe wet. Maybe it's cold. Maybe it's lonely. But now a Harvard scientist offers more sinister explanation. Yeah. Okay? The baby who demands to be breastfed in the middle of the night is preventing his mom from getting pregnant again. Ah, yes. It's the cock block thesis. <laughs> the cock block babies, yes. This devious intention makes perfect sense, says evolutionary biologist... Um, David Haig, who describes his idea in evolution, medicine, and public health. Another baby means having to share mom and dad. So babies are programmed to do all they can to thwart the meeting of sperm and egg, the theory goes. I'm not, I don't buy any of this. What? It's just based on nothing? It's, it's, just based on nothing. Well, let me figure out what it's based on here, because it, it seems counterintuitive to our evolution and survival instincts. Well, one of his bits Why of evidence is that... Because uh, you, you think more. More humans. As from a human. A, from an individual organism standpoint, that doesn't necessarily hold... Well, one, one of the things that... I bought Hay, you hookers. <laughs> one of the things that Hay claims uh, support his evidence is the babies that are breastfed seem to ramp up their nighttime demands around six months of age and then slowly improve, which is precisely around the time when a baby would want to double down on its birth control efforts. Hmm. Why? Why would that be the time? That doesn't seem. But isn't there a long? Sta- isn't there this? This sort of uh, goes along with I think an old wives' tale that uh, you that breastfeeding um, is sort of a natural birth control. Isn't that a thing people say? I'm not saying it's a real thing, but I've heard people say that like you, you don't get pregnant as long as you keep breastfeeding. I didn't think I've old never wives heard that before. It's not getting not going to get in my way. I'll tell you that right now. <laughs> well, tell that to the Dugars. The Dugars got twenty kids. And they breastfeed. Yeah, no, I'm not, I'm not saying it's true. I just thought that's like an old wives' tale. Well, here's some counter-arguments. Uh, anthropologist James McKenna from the University of Notre Dame points out that infants 
may have evolved to wake up at night for all sorts of other good reasons. They could get too hot, hungry, or they could just want to cuddle from their mum. And babies aren't always to blame for rousing. In one study, uh, him and his colleagues found that 40% of babies' night wakings were actually caused by mothers rustling around nearby. Oh, wow. So, Oggy, you might want to make sure that Julie doesn't wear those leaves that she's always wearing. <laughs> yeah, she is a big rustler. <laughs> that paper suit that she's yeah. so keen Come on. Come home, the apartment's just filled with cattle. She's stolen. <laughs> Anybody? Right, I'm looking on uh, PlannedParenthood.org uh, uh, under breastfeeding as birth control. It said mm-hmm. uh, breastfeeding can be used as birth control when after giving birth, the woman breastfeeds her baby exclusively. That means the baby does not drink anything besides breast milk. The act of breastfeeding naturally changes the woman's hormones so that she does not become pregnant. This really this, uh, this article is a little harsh. We should know this stuff. Isn't it amazing what we, we don't idiots. know about like this? Men or the humans? Or what, what do you mean? Just thinking that to Jesse's <laughs> argument about um, uh about whether you would want more babies. From the point of view point, passing on your genes, it probably is worthwhile having... Obviously, the more children you have, the more chance there is of them surviving, but you also want a gap between them so that you can devote your time and attention and you can be at your best to protect that baby when it's in its mo- most vulnerable state. But it says like here a, the self-interest is in direct contact with the mother. Right, so, yeah, because uh, I guess a, a mother... The baby is at its most vulnerable to all sorts of factors yes. in the first couple of years of life, and that's the point at which you'd want the mother to be focusing full demand, full attention on that baby, right. uh, be at their physical best, which they're obviously less able to do things when they're pregnant, uh, and their resources are split. So you want them to, you want the resources to be focused on that one baby until it reaches a, couple, a year or two old <laughs> and then have another baby. <laughs> I got to quit reading these comments, man. Why do we do this? Chumley says that babies cry because their parents keep them in a cage. <laughs> Thanks, these are the Chumley. boneless babies, right? <laughs> these are the boneless, boneless babies. Boneless, babies. <laughs> <laughs> baby veal. Oh, my God. Well, I know that when I cry at night, there's a lot of different reasons for right. it. And a lot of it is to, that I don't want uh, any more kids than this one, so that might have something to do with it. I, uh, Ask Chumley. Ask Chumley what he says. Chumley knows what's up. Um, well, while we were reading that story, I did, I did re-look up the structure of graphite, and yeah, carbon normally... Carbon wants to have four bonds, generally, but in the graphite structure... Well, carbon it wants, has, it gets. <laughs> in the structure of graphite, it only has three bonds, and that leaves a free electron. It leaves a free charge which is why it's able to conduct electricity. Which oh, is why okay. But also, if I remember rightly, graphite can only conduct electricity in one direction. Because graphite is, is a series of planes of the carbon on top of each other. It can only conduct electricity along the planes. It can't, it can't conduct it vertically oh, through them. Oh, along one dimension. I think it meant one direction. Sorry, like, yes. like, yeah. Sorry, one dimension. one dimension. Okay, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it can obviously, di- it can conduct it in both yeah. directions. Don't along try to say I got one direction on my mind, too, In fact, two dimensions, I guess it can conduct it, but it can't conduct it in the, th- in the third direction. Interesting. Wow. It can... What, but okay, how thin can condoms get? That's the question. One atom. That's the right? thinnest they can get. That's literally... How, you won't even be able to see it. Right? That's what that's what how do you take it out totally of the how do you take it out of the package? Yeah. Well, there's already way you know, thicker uh, stuff just on my penis. <laughs> I think probably before you even get the condom it's on. It's your protective layer. It's, it's already just, just up. crazy talk. <laughs> oh, by the way, Urban Dictionary, goof. A goof is a child molester in prison that likes young boys. They must be kept in protective custody, quite often murdered or beaten into comas. 
Wow. <laughs> so I don't, I don't think Walt Disney knew that when he named the... the I don't know. He had some bad, bad views. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's a good point. He was the Sterling of his day. <laughs> There's even a prisontalk.com forum. <laughs> of course there is. Really? Uh-huh. Um... Does anybody else remember when that one HBO documentary came out in the mid-90s? Mm-hmm. It seemed like this was the one thing that everybody saw was the first time they became aware of a phenomenon known as... Uh, tossing your salad. Thank you. So everybody yeah. saw that. Everybody saw yeah. that one interview when the guy yeah. talked about that. And everyone's minds were blown right. in like 1995. Because it had never occurred to us. Yeah, yeah. What are we talking about? Uh, people have been licking assholes as long as it's exactly. been tongues and exactly tongues and butts, right? Wait, wait, wait. But it just—I'm sorry, man. I was tapped out on the Urban Dictionary. What? No, no, no. There was—I mean, there's a the slight. There was term. an HBO documentary inside a prison. It was—it was, the, it was uh, you know they've always done those sort of gritty sure. prison documentaries. Sure. But this was over the top on that. It talked to the worst guys and yeah. in the worst prisons. And there was one guy that described, and, and it ended up, it was in a Chris Rock bit. It was, I was going to say, it was, it, on, was it on Bring the Pain or was it on... Uh, I think it was on, yeah, it must have been on Bring the Pain because that was 97, so it must have been. So anyway, there was a guy that was, he was talking about a new prisoner coming in and he said uh, something along the lines of, well, I'll just have him uh, toss my salad. And, and, and the, like the, the guy, was like, the, what, the what, camera, uh, you actually see it like shake, like what? <laughs> what you talking right. about? And then he described it's making a guy uh, lick your asshole. Sure. And it, and with that syrup it, or it jelly had not sometimes. entered the social yeah, yeah. No, social lexicon up until then. Are you being serious with syrup or jelly? That's in the interview he talked about. Yeah, he talked about putting different and stuff. I, on I remember his butt. watching that. I was at a swim meet and I was watching it in a hotel room with other teammates of mine, and we were all just like, "What? Oh my god!" It yeah. just blew our minds. I know. I remember seeing it, and I just couldn't believe it. Yeah, <laughs> my head. But went. I can't believe how that one interview really was. That was like patient zero mm-hmm. of that being a cultural <laughs> phenomenon. Yeah, like whatever happened what to that, that guy? I'd yeah, like to yeah. know what happened to the toss your salad guy. Exactly, patient zero or the toss your salad guy. The, the I don't guy. think the thing worked out well for patient I doubt, zero. No, I doubt things worked out for him. No. Uh, Very yeah. interesting. Didn't we have mean time to get for another story all, uh, before we certainly. Uh, I quite like to talk about glowing roads because this is another story that was sent in by yeah. listeners, and there's an update. This is something that's been unveiled in the Netherlands on a 500 meter stretch of highway. Roads that can uh, are painted with a photoluminescing powder that charges up in the daytime and slowly releases a green glow at night, which does away from the need for streetlights. Uh, the technology is being tested with an official launch due later this month. This was a story that was a few weeks ago, so we have an update to this. It's the first time glowing lines technology has been piloted on the road and can be seen on the N329 in Os, which is approximately 100 kilometers southeast of Amsterdam. I don't know if we have any new Dutch listeners, if we gained any after our first Dutch guest a couple of weeks ago. But please drive to Os and tell us how it's working out for you. Uh, the idea is it saves money. There are other things that they can do um giant weather symbols that can appear on the road in certain conditions large snowflakes frost symbols that can appear when the temperature dips below a certain like oh, the, road, the road becomes a Coors Light can essentially <laughs> right. yeah the cold activated mountains indicate this is re- this brew is ready to drink but these are all super smart ideas the idea that you don't need energy electricity draining light bulbs you don't need to worry about the lights going out it's a lot cheaper Various places turn off, have turned off the light street lights because of money woes. Sure, sure. And the idea of weather alerts, that's very handy. There has been a problem. There's an update to this story. This is how long we've had this story in the bank ready to go that it's now been tried. And it's not quite working as it's meant to. The glow-in-the-dark road market markings, they've faded out. No. Yeah, apparently I don't think they, they did it quite right. 
The idea is that once the plant should have laid down some graphene, right? <laughs> once the paint is absorbed, daylight it's meant to glow for up to eight hours in the dark. But since the road markings were put in place two weeks ago, it's been reported that some drivers were driving along the road in the dark with their headlights switched off so they could experience the glow-in-the-dark effect. <laughs> That's one problem. Uh, and <laughs> Let Jesus take the wheel. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Batman does it. And I'm trying to find out what they said. Uh, apparently moisture due to rainfall. I don't know why people didn't predict that it might rain on Dutch roads would fall from the sky in the Netherlands which is that never rains in the Netherlands <laughs> that famously dry that famously dry country but it seems to wash it out a little bit, which I could have told you. I had some glow-in-the-dark T-shirts in the yeah, 80s. Yeah, yeah. It's Absolutely. like hypercolor. Like, yeah, yeah, you get two washes on handprint on it. No, those it doesn't awesome, survive right. washing. You, don't, you need to think about these things. So apparently rainfall has slightly diminished the quality of it. Well, That's Amsterdam a has a lot of different ways to make the road, roads glow, is what I've found. <laughs> is that, yeah, you can sure. see whatever you want. I saw all kinds of giant glowing th- stuff when I was in Amsterdam. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that glowing bear that helps direct you. Right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, that bear doesn't know much, though. That bear, he sends you to bad places. <laughs> Ah, the glowing Okay, bear. would you like to make a French tonight? <laughs> I can point it to French. <laughs> That's my Dutch accent. It's very good. An attempt at a, it's very listen, good. Listen, I'm no mimicking plant over here. I'm not a... Uh... Guys, you know in the uh, Ontario-Canada prison system, for one inmate to call another inmate a goof, it will result in immediate, uh, f- immediate attack and fight between the two inmates. And no, and this is the thing. This is where I learned this. It was in Kingston, Ontario, which mm-hmm. is a huge prison town. There's like six sure. prisons all around it. Right. No, but we have a few listeners that go to uh, Queen's University up there, and I think they could probably back me up on this. It's, it's a very well-known prison slang around there, so I got the cause and effect wrong. I thought that perhaps goof started in prison when really it's just it was also, appropriated also by morphed culture. into right. yeah. this other thing. So there we go. So that's a good tip. If you're ever in jail in don't, Ontario. Don't call nobody a goof. Don't call nobody a goof. Don't unless they are. Of course. Unless they're being, you know. Every, every, th- every, every like, um, jargony thing in prison is always like a one syllable. The goof got shivved with a shank. You know, <laughs> you know always, I, don't, I don't know, but it's not a shank really with a shiver. notoriously <laughs> not the smartest culture. I don't know if you. I just got to keep it short. Keep I feel like snappy. a monosyllabic way is the yeah. way to go. I I don't know if it's the. It all sounds like it's stuff that like Rat Packers would have said too. Hey, look at this goof. Hey, look at this goof over here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Getting shanked. Wait, which one's the verb? Which one's the noun? Shiv uh, or the shank? shiv is the, the shiv's thing the you thing. use, and then you, so shank you shank them. Right. You, you shank, shank them with, with the shiv. Shank the goof with the shiv. Shank the yeah. goof with the shiv. Yeah, we're ready for jail, guys. Yeah. Well, now we've solved <laughs> then all that. Then you toss the salad. <laughs> then yeah, you yeah. toss. Well, you guys want to go admit to this thing down the street? There's all these bodies. God. This is our worst. We have this is our stopped, most morbid episode. Started and finished in a very yeah. From the, axe murder to child rapist, yeah, is what they're going to call this. No, it said in here it just means a prison bitch, in the in the Ontario prison system. Oh, I don't know the Urban Dictionary deal. Okay, I don't know what's going on, but that's definitely where I picked that up. Was in uh, Kingston, Ontario. Yep. And there you have it, guys. There you have it. There you have it. You know what, guys? Probably before, etymology. Before we, before we close out this episode, I feel like I should bring out a little toy that I got. Uh, I ordered Are we going to do this? For the office. And um, I, I, Andy's been buying things on the internet. I, I'm a big fan of, of things that are terrifying, and this is a game where uh, all four of us grab onto handles that have buttons on them. Okay. Music plays. When the music, music stops playing, the last person to press their button gets a surprisingly strong shock considering What's this the name thing of this really? toy has three AAA batteries What's the name it. of the company that makes it? Um, Wait, what? 
It's called the lightning reaction game. Jesse, you're going to play it. Lightning no, reaction not. reloaded. Yes, you are. No, I'm not. Yes, you are. Well, I'm fuck sorry. Fuck you. All right. It's sorry. a little round it's, thing. It's, it's, got, it's got so four we're, handles we're, that you grab. We're each holding metal... Yeah, all four of us We're are each holding these. Uh, these these. We're each holding have, metal handles. Yeah, they have little... two two separate sides that will be. So the idea is, when the music stops and the light changes from red to green, you have to press the button, and the last but person to press that now. button gets shocked. Just when the music stops. When the music stops. If you press it early, you get shocked. Hold on a if you're the last one to press and it, you, you also get shocked. We're ready to go. So hold that's on, what hold we do. On. We're not going to do it yet. Let's okay. Explain the, explain the rules to me again, because I really don't want to do this. I hate this kind of stuff. Okay. When, you, so, when the music stops, you hit your button. Each of us is holding a, one of the handles. There's a button on the top, and in a second we're going to start. We, Andy will press the middle button, or I'll press the middle button to start it. And it'll start playing music and charging up the thing. Yeah. And at some this arbitrary amount great. of time, the music will stop. Uh-huh. And the light will go from red to green simultaneously. Those two things happen together. You can go with either the audio or visual cue. Uh-huh. I notice on game function they have extreme and normal. Ex- are we extreme or are we normal? We're doing no- There's a version of it where, you, where the, the slowest three people get shocked. That's the extreme. Oh, that's wow. Crazy. Yeah, this, only one person survives in extreme one mode. One person gets shocked. <laughs> And I'm going to be videotaping this. I'll put the video up right. over on probablyscience.com. You guys ready for this? I'm ready. Okay. Right. So press the button? middle button? Yep, do it. All right. <laughs> this is horrifying. Augie Smith. That was Augie Smith. <laughs> really? Yeah, oh I think it's got God. a fairly powerful capacitor what in there. What is that? Yeah, yeah. Three AAA batteries does that. And uh, well, three AAA batteries, and What's I that, think a, a capacitor. capacitor. Right. That has to be well, luckily, capacitor. I don't got to worry about having another kid. Yeah. So yeah. That, <laughs> did that really hurt? Did it hurt? It might go that long. I've been shot by that. No, it didn't hurt at all, Jesse. Let's try it again. No, I don't. I hate this thing. I don't, I don't want this in the house even. <laughs> well, it's been a big hit at the office. You guys were really fast. I think it's. Or was I going to get shocked no matter what happened? No, no, it's not a big. Augie, where can I? Listeners who don't already follow you online, they should they should do by now, but they should and if they don't, where can uh, they find you? A-U-G-G-I-E is the way you spell it. Uh, I got a terrible website. I got Twitter. Uh, the only no, thing about the website is it keeps the uh, the schedule up uh, real nicely so you can go see me live. You should use Squarespace. I highly recommend you go and see Yogi live. Very, very good comedian. Yep, one of the best. Yeah. One of the best and out there. The and only man to ever win the San Francisco and Seattle comedy competition in the same in year. In the same year. True. Robin uh, Williams never did that. Never did Dan that. Carvey never did that. Yeah, those guys have never done anything. <laughs> <laughs> and as always, questions, comments, clarifications, uh, probablyscience at gmail.com. Tweet us at probablyscience. Write nice things about us on iTunes. Give us nice ratings. That really helps us. Subscribe if you're not already subscribing. And please, this week, do go to the, the website and we'll click have. on. We'll click on. We'll put up the link to the family of Richard Baines. Fund and yeah, please, no, help please donate that. to that. Yeah, the it's, uh, the it's house a, was uh, totaled in it. And, the house uh, to- they really need some help. And, uh, and I don't want to say that was a lot of electricity, but I think I have superpowers. <laughs> 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 so this might have worked out well for us. Oh, he's yeah. massaging his arm. I think he's in real pain. Yeah, it was surprising, right? It's, it's <laughs> yes, it's surprising. definitely surprised me the first time I got shot by that <laughs> yeah, thing. Yeah. Wow. All right, well, thank you for listening, and please do donate, and you will hear us next week. Next week, and Bridgetown. Br- go see you at Bridgetown. Oh, I'm sorry. At Bridge- yes, we're going to be at the Bridgetown Comedy Festival. BridgetownComedy.com. On Saturday, on Saturday, May 10th, um, in the afternoon, you can go to BridgetownComedy.com to see the exact information. And tomorrow there. night, I'm doing a really fun show at the Improv as yep. well. It's a charity show for kids who... For kids' literacy. Yes. I can't say the words kids' literacy. <laughs> you just read the flyer wrong. Tomorrow night, uh, Tuesday night at the Improv. Yes. Go and see us. We'll see you then. Bye. 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 